Ross Taylor ended his career, or did he, earlier on this year as uh, all-time best run scorer across all formats, including Test ODIs and T20s. That included the most centuries in international cricket with 40 and the most appearances for the Black Caps. The, the post-retirement book is out, Black and White, and Ross Taylor is with us. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Although, let's, let's do the first revelation and clear the table. You're not actually retired. No, I think uh, I think a few people do think I'm retired, but uh, I'm still available to play tournaments around the world and um, going to India next month to play in a, a Masters League, but looking forward to playing for Central Districts in the, in the coming summer as well. So how much cricket will you play, do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I still love the game and still training. I had, a, I had three weeks after the end of the summer, which I had a bit too much red wine and... Um, and had some good family time, but I've been training ever since. Um, so yeah, I, I feel good and still love the game. So that's half the half the battle. Ah, I think. So the loving of the game. Talk me through that from the very beginning to where you sit today and your relationship with the game. Has it always been a love affair? Oh, 100%. Uh, I think from a kid, five years old, I love playing cricket. Um, gave every sport a go. But um, probably the 92 World Cup was when I first really loved and wanted to play for the Black Caps. Um, yeah, dream dream in your bed to play one game and um, to, to sit here now and say I've played 450 games uh, you got to pinch yourself and because I definitely would have been happy just to play that one game yeah. but once you get a bit of a taste you want to continue and um, and play I guess as many games and, and create a legacy um, and break some records along the way. Are you at peace with yourself having made the decision you did around international cricket? Uh, yeah I think so I think um, watching for me it was always going to be tough watching the England series um, the Black Caps going to play in, in England. Uh, it's a great place to play. I've always loved playing there. But watching it at home on my bed uh, at 10 o'clock at night. Um, See, I couldn't do that. I, I, I couldn't do it. Because the state you're in still, uh, we would have won if you were over there. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. I, I said to my wife, I said, there's two things I miss. Uh, or sorry, one thing I miss was the Lord's lunches. They are unbelievable. Um, but when the boys were two for two, I looked at my wife and said, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy. I made the decision. I didn't miss it as much as I thought, thought, which, um, which made you know, I was very content in my." I'm always fascinated to hear these stories because I'm, a, I'm in a similar, similar place in my life. In that, in that sense, I could walk away tomorrow and quite often think about doing it. And then I would sit there at home going, bugger, that interview was no good and I want to be a part of that action again. You know what I'm saying? And you must be in a similar position. And I wonder when you get out and do this next lot of cricket, whether you'll feel the same way. You think, actually, I'm pretty damn good. Yeah, 100%. But then one thing I've always found um, towards the end of my career, you, my age came into it. You know, All the, all the questions were around retirement um, and you were treated differently. So it was nice to, to make that decision and move on. But at the same time, not have that pressure of having to play international cricket where those age questions don't really come as... Were they it. fair questions? Uh, I was still winning a war. I was still getting, um, you know, I won New Zealand yeah. 2020 Player of the Year, um, but I got dropped from the 2020 team. Um, it had nothing to do with performance. Is that ageism? It was, unfortunately. That's, that was my, my the, the stuff you're getting headlines for on this book, um, the race aspect of it, what, what are you looking to achieve in raising that? Um, just, you know, I don't think I could have wrote a book without touching on it. I think, um, you know, I think New Zealand cricket or New Zealand has come a long way and that I'm able to, um, you know, touch on it. A few, talking to a few past stars, you know, they didn't feel like they were able to talk about it. So it was still wasn't big. I still didn't want this book to all be about race. And, you know, there was a lot of positive things that I did in my career that I wanted to accentuate, but I didn't want to not touch on it just because it was going to create headlines and, um, 
Yeah, as it as it has this morning. Was it was it a burning desire to to put something right? Um, as I said, I just wanted to tell my side of the story. I don't like I don't want to be a flagship for any of this type of stuff. Yeah. This is what happened to me, not only in a cricket sense, but um, growing up. Um, you know, it was there were little casual racism things that happened. Um, not on a daily basis, but quite often. So, did you ever address it at the time with people? Uh, as I touch on it in the book, if you touch, if you try and pull people up, quite often you're the you're the you're the instigator. Where you know, I think that in this day and age, banter it's just banter. Yeah. Um, so how do you differentiate between banter and yeah. racism? Is it's it easier the- just to just stop it right there? Don't don't you know exaggerate the the incident? Let it you know, yeah. wipe off and, and get on with it and, and be quiet. And that's the way do, I do. Do you reckon it. for a six-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old starting out in the game uh, from your position, would it be any different now? Or is it still the same game essentially? Because the point you make is a wise one, and that is that it's it's, it's a white man's game, isn't it? Yeah, and, I think and, at the same time, I think now if you see even in our team, um, there's a big Asian population in New Zealand and a big, uh, you know, Indian, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Pakistanis, they love the game of cricket. And as we've seen, there's a big influx of players in our team so I hope um, that they uh, are being treated with respect um, all the way through all the grades mm. um, because I think you know New Zealand is a very multicultural nation 100%. Um, and that they um, you know are not you know in the situation I was from a young age. Got to talk about wine am I allowed to raise Brendan McCullum or is, is that kind of? Oh I used to buy Brendan wine uh, as well <laughs> when we got 100. So McCullum the captaincy Mike Hesson and all of that. In dealing, is it part of learning and, and, and stuff that comes at you that you can't control versus what you thought you might be able to control and how things might be? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I just wanted to play for New Zealand and uh, when the opportunity arose to captain the side, um, I knew I had my limitations and I had my, my, my strengths and my weaknesses. And I got the reassurance from New Zealand cricket that you know some of my weaknesses would be be addressed and helped so you know dealing with conflict and dealing with um you know personalities and egos in the team um and then you know some of the underhanding dealings that were going on was something Mm. that i'd never um you know had to deal with before uh someone looks you straight in the eye and tells you something you take them at face value and um you know i'll trust them but that wasn't quite what happened during that time and um maybe a little bit naive and I guess you get wiser as you get older, but yeah. um, you know that was something that I was always taught um, to respect and um, you know and take people at their face value. But well, um, what I find interesting about that aspect of the story is that you, we're dealing with the Uffindall case at the moment in politics and and all the stuff that goes in. And, and so this is politics. Cricket is politics, isn't it? People with campaigns, agendas, backstabbing you, knifing you, etc. Well, at the end of the day, we both had to go for the captaincy. I'd never had to interview. You know who's who has to interview for the yeah. um, the national job. So you know I arrived half an hour late, uh, half an hour early, sorry, for mine, and I'm watching Brendan do a PowerPoint presentation through the window. Um, you know, just having to, and I just was reading my presentation was to read off a um, five or six pages. Mm. Um, so yeah, just little things that you think as a kid growing up that you just want to play and represent your country to the best of your ability, but um, politics and and all that other stuff, as I said, so, maybe a little bit naive. To yeah, think that yeah. It see, 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 the John Wright thing's interesting. Mike Hesson. So Hesson was your first coach that was, he was a coach as opposed to a player. 
You see what I'm saying? As opposed to John Wright, who'd been where you had been. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Well, I think um, John, but then I would go the other way and say John Wright was a coach. Mike Hesson's a man manager. He's a he's a football manager. He he's not going to come in and tell you how to get your elbow up or your um, yeah. your shoulder there. Yeah. He's a man manager that goes in behind the scenes. It's the batting coach, it's the bowling coach um, that have the and the captain that go around doing a lot of that other stuff. How much of it's luck in that case? First of all, two part question: How much of it's luck? So you know you come along at the right time when the when the coach likes the captain, captain likes the coach, and you got a bit unlucky. Um, I think there's luck in everything. Um, luck in the way you bat and bowl, where you take catches. Um, but that was that was what happened at the time. I, um, my wife Victoria and Leanne McGoldrick, because I, I it was captaincy came a bit too early for me. I felt yeah. I was still working out my game and um, and you know cricket being a team sport, but it's also a very individual sport at the, at the same time. Um, so, but they said you know this opportunity might not come around again. So I had to go for it. Um, you know, did you? So, so I, so yeah. Well, well that um, was the second part of my question. Why, why do you want to be captain? Well, I mean, I, as I've talked about in the book, things happen for a reason, and I don't think I would have retired in April this year had I been captain for four or five years. I think it's a very draining job and yeah. very rewarding job when the team's doing well. But um, you know, to be a good captain, you need a good team. Um, you need some good lieutenants to, around you to help out and jump in when things are are not going well. Um, and I think we've had that, you know, um, Brendan was lucky to have Kane and, and a few others. Um, and, you know, Kane's been lucky with myself and um, Tim and a few others that, you mm. know, when things aren't going well, that uh, you can step up and, and take a bit of pressure off the skipper. What do you make of McCullum and his success in England? I mean, because that, that, that was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's revolutionised their, their test cricket. I'm, um, to, to some extent, I don't know how long this would last, but... Um, yeah, it was. It came as a surprise. If you had told me he was going to take over the test, yeah. test team, yeah, uh, I would have said um, no chance. But um, well, I think it's a bit like who's going to take over the All Blacks. Um, well, you know, who, who do you want to take over? The All Blacks? <laughs> you know, I think you know there was only one way up for that test team, and that was you know if they lost, um, yeah. the team isn't good. They win at Stokes and McCallum, and I think it's a little bit like the All Blacks yeah. once they start winning. Yeah. Um, you know, is it the coach or or is it the new coach? Who, Precisely. Are you going to coach? No, I, I, I never say never. I think um, I've coached my son's teams and things like that. I, I don't want to be a career coach. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing other things um, outside of cricket. I've just um, started a new job um, with a with the equities company here in um, in Auckland, just on a, a client relationship manager Good on uh, you. role. And you know, are all a, your investments ethical? Eh? Are you in fossil fuels? Carbon credits. I need to ask those. <laughs> exactly. I need to, yeah, I need to ask credits. Car- carbon credits. I thought, gee, but that was one of the first questions I asked um, <laughs> while I was there. But no, I think you know, cricket. You spend so much time away from your family, and um, there was a lot of downtime when you're in in some of these places. And um, wine, equities, and property was something that I wasted my time with. And no, you didn't waste your time. What I find, and I cannot convince my wife it's true yet, but but wine is the greatest investment of all time. And it's with you forever. It's with you for longer than you will live. It's worth more probably at the end of your life than you got it. And you have the pleasure of owning it in the meantime. And every now and again, if you're crazy, you drink it. If only I could tell my wife that. Um, could be could be different. But no, I think, um, as we are talking about before, um, and I just love reading up about it and brought brought my kids some, some nice first growth Bordeaux's. Um, 
for their twenty first. But who who knows? They might not even like wine when the well, they, well, they can always give it back then, yeah. can't they? No worries at all. Listen, mate, we'll get you in again, and we'll talk about wine and other stuff. But uh, for now, good to see you. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Go well, Ross Taylor. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.